there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. You gotta be kidding me. You have to hear Alan Greenspan. It is quite astounding. <laughs> what he said when he's asked if the U.S. Treasuries are safe or not. Really quite extraordinary. Are U.S. Treasury bonds still safe to invest in? Very much so. I think there's a... This is not an issue of credit rating. The United States can pay any debt it has because we can always print money to do that. So there is zero probability of default. Watch the face of Goolsby, Austin Goolsby, former White House economic advisor. It is precious, absolutely precious. They hand it to Ron Paul on a silver platter in that one moment. A gift, a golden gift, a golden goose that laid the golden egg for the, the ascendance, uh, ascending to the presidency of the United States. What are we going to do, Obama? Well, Greenspan said we could just print up the money to pay off the debt. Oh, okay. <laughs> go Ron Paul. I think they just handed him a winner. Greenspan says, print it up. And I've got Dr. Rashid Batar, who understands the economic healing as well as we launch together Advanced Medicine Monday. Dr. Batar, welcome back to the show. Hey, Robert. It's always good to be back. Yeah, I'm thrilled to have you on board here. What a weekend. What a wild weekend as we kick it off this week and on Friday. Yeah, just as the, the news cycle winds down, the uh, S&P says, oh, not AAA, AA+. Plus. No longer do you get your AAA towing card. It doesn't work. We're all in AA now, but with a plus. Well, you know, I, I have a very appropriate response for that. <laughs> uh, just wait over here for a second as I walk up to my window and open it up. And I'm going to stick my head out now and say, I'm sick of this and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> exactly. We we got to do it. We got to do it. This is an incredible thing. But the admission of Greenspan, you should have seen in this YouTube. I've got it linked up at robertscoutbell.com. Uh, you know, the the look on Austin Goolsby's face, this guy's the former White House economic advisor, when Greenspan is just letting the truth out. It doesn't matter what the double A, if they could put us at single A, it doesn't matter. We can just print up more. What does that tell us about where the value of the paper money is or is going to be? It just furthers the the stance of all those that have been saying that we can't continue this facade any longer. And, and when you've got the, the illustrious Greenspan himself stating it, I mean, you know, you've got it not from the horse's mouth. What else does anybody need to validate this concern that the vast majority of the population already has and that the uh, 50, what is it, 547 people up in uh, Washington, D.C., looking at the president, the House, and the Senate, Yeah. Um, those 543 or 547, whatever it is, total people that affect the 300 million-plus people in the United States right now, their distorted truth is affecting the rest of the world. And now when you've even got Greenspan himself stating the truth, whether it's whether he does, doesn't care or doesn't even realize what he's saying, but he's saying the truth. Yes. Yes. You know, it, at this point now, Robert, we're crossing the line of either when you cross this point. Now, this is that critical point that either you don't deserve it 
or if you allow it to continue, then you do deserve it. You don't deserve anything better. Right. They say crossing the Rubicon, as it said. Yeah. And the, yeah, that is the point where it's a total admission. We're not even hiding it anymore. We're just printing it up. And, you know, those of us who have been warning for years that this was coming, you know, we're told, uh, oh, you're a kook, you're a conspiracy, whatever. And Ron Paul, he's a crazy old guy. And look, what did, what did he say 30 plus years ago when Nixon closed the gold window that this day was coming? We don't know when. And literally now they just all bets are off. They've admitted what they're doing between the Democrats and the Republicans. The few Tea Party members that tried to hold the line and say, cut spending, cut spending. They couldn't even do that. As Ron Paul said, when a cut is not a cut, even Michael Savage interviewed him last week, which Savage has never interviewed Ron Paul, finally acknowledging and and actually wishing him success on his run for the presidency. Even the so-called neocons that are out there are acknowledging now that uh, it, it's it's over. We it, this is it, and I've said this. Uh, you know, we we do some political and economic healing in addition to physiological and emotional and other levels of healing here. But literally, we have got to prepare because best, basically what they're telling you is that every dollar you work for is going to be worthless soon. And so you've got to bring back to the local economy that which can produce, that has a value. You have to exchange with the local economy. You have to develop. You have to grow your own food. You have to develop skills. No longer can we rely upon China to provide for us at fractions of a penny on the dollar what, what they once would. Because Greenspan just said to China, screw y'all. We'll pay you back in nothing, but we'll pay you back. Yeah, it's amazing that this uh, situation, as you said, uh, Ron Paul had talked about this 30 years ago, but, you know, it's been in, in many different arenas. It's been mentioned that this time is coming, the New World Order, the um, the unification under the pretense that it's going to benefit all people. And, of course, that's, again, a utopian concept. It's impossible because mankind himself will strive for more. So you can't equilibrate, uh, equilibrate everything from among an entire um, world. I mean, you know, doing it for a society or doing it for a country is difficult enough. Now you're trying to do it across global boundaries. It's impossible, and it makes uh, it makes you start to now think about the um, or uh, what's the name of that famous author? Um, you know, Big Brother uh, or- oh, Orwell. George Orwell. Yeah, you know, George Orwell. That's it. George yeah. Orwell, right? Big brother looking no. over your shoulder. I start thinking about this kind of stuff. Like, how do these guys know about it? These, you know, writers that were writing um, works of fiction back then. Mm-hmm. It's almost. I mean, we're, we're at that state now. You know, Big Brother knowing everything, un, un um, authorized taps, yep. taps without warrants, people being eavesdropped on. They've got this now new thing with the electric meters where they're monitoring your usage of electricity and it's monitoring uh, trends, it's monitoring when you're accessing the internet, when you're accessing the phone, and it's reporting this back to the electrical companies. You know, it's basically monitoring of individuals constantly without uh, authorization and without permission. Well, the surveillance society is quite complete. It's even worse in Great Britain, where I think that every every square uh, meter of London, I think, is under a camera's eye now. And is, it, is yeah, is this the kind of country here in the United States, the land of liberty at one time, that we are willing to degrade into a different form of, of, of life, a form of tyranny, fascism, etc., where both the Republicans and Democrats support something like a patriotic act, which is not patriotic, patriot act as they call it, which is not patriotic, in fact, it's the opposite, 
where you give up your liberty for a false sense of security for which government couldn't even provide you know, prior to, even though they were warned about 9-11. We've been covering things this, this last week, in fact. Uh, my dear friend Liam Sheff, we talked to uh, about uh, conspiracy realities. You know, it's conspiracy realism, the reality of people working and conspiring together to produce things. In the meantime, we get word out of Venice, California last Friday. I've been covering it right through the weekend, right through to today. The attack on this raw food buying club. People going in. Now, you can't come in off the street and buy stuff like a Whole Foods or even a co-op. It's a buying club. You have to be a member. And all they wanted to do was be able to purchase raw milk, raw cheese, etc. And they were raided by multi-agencies from FDA on down to local police and SWAT, pulling their guns on these people. What are they going to do, throw raw cheese blocks at them? I mean, this is insane what's happening. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you see this now constantly, and I think it comes back to what you and I have discussed before. If it's done enough times, it's almost expected. You know, it's almost like they're trying to desensitize a population that these type of outrageous things that are going to uh, occur or that have occurred will continue to occur to the point that almost people come to expect it. Um, I actually had a dream, interestingly enough, last week, and in that dream there was something that happened – um, and I don't, you know how sometimes in dreams things are like a little vague. And I remember something had happened and it was a sensation that somebody had gotten hurt, like a car wreck, that type of a situation. Yes. But in the dream, um, the police officer that I'm talking to uh, about this person that apparently got hurt, and I'm talking in the professional capacity as a doctor, it went from this injury to the injury to our society, and what the police wow. officer is telling me, well, you know, the more the more um, this is, the more we're told to do this, the more people get used to it, and so it's uh, it helps to desensitize. And yes. I'm talking to the police officer, telling him, but you know, this is affecting our fundamental rights, and it's affecting you and your family too. And he says, yeah, I know, and and it doesn't feel right. It's not right, but this is what we're doing, and I don't know how to get out of it. It's almost like the system, in in the dream at least, it was like the system itself. Even those that are making the system go forward themselves are now becoming more aware of what they're doing and don't want it to continue, and yet it's continuing. Sure. It was an interesting, strange type of one. You know how the dreams are there, just kind of like abstract, and they're kind of out there. But no, it was was as if somebody had brought me a person in the emergency room that had been hurt, and the conversation went from – Really, the person being hurt—that there wasn't really a person being hurt physically. It was a—it was a person that was hurt, and it was an implication on really what was happening in society. Yeah, really, and, and you know, I my heart hurts for America and all the people that are lost in this. And you know, when I travel through the air, airports, and you know, I, I I somewhat take pity on these uh, TSA agents, even though I think some of them are criminals, but some of them are people trapped in this thing. And I ask them, and, and they just said, "Listen, I I just need the paycheck." I, I just need the paycheck, and it's a sad state. But what are you willing to subject onto your fellow countrymen just for the paycheck? At a certain point, do we not have a choice to to, to you know change things? And I know that's a horrific thing for some people to consider. But what, what will I do? But at what point do you take responsibility for your actions, even if you're being paid? I mean, we go back to Nuremberg. How bad does it have to get? I think that's why the intro. You know, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Type of a concept. I really think it's it's. Um that in itself is empowering, and I think it's uh, for people that are in that situation themselves where they're relying on their livelihood to um, make sure that they're able to feed their own families, but at what cost, as you said, it's going to take them getting to that same point of no return where they just basically say, uh, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. But then you look at the statistics and the number of new jobs that have 
been formed in the U.S. Um, over the over the last two years or last year. It was like nine hundred and seventy thousand of those jobs were new governmental jobs that have been created for TSA and mm. some of these other. Did you and I talk about this, Robert? I don't remember. There was something about the jobs and new job ratings. And in actuality, jobs have decreased, but the numbers that they're reporting that is an increase in new jobs, it's yeah. all government-created jobs. Yeah, well, it's all government workers and, and things. And, of course, that doesn't add to the economy. It takes away from it in genuine, right. in real sense. And, you, you know, we look at the cost or the price. At what price? You know, what price for your soul, in a sense? We can talk about the need to eat and care for one another, but at this point when most of the, the let's say, the, the freedom, the energy, the innovation is being robbed and snuffed out by the growth of government to the point of collapse, this is what the AA rating, you know, it's like if we really look at it, it should have been a AA rating 30 years ago when Nixon said, screw the rest of the world, we'll pull it off of the gold standard. You can't redeem your gold, as the contract said, you know, from these paper Federal Reserve notes. The reality, as Ron Paul has said, is that we're defaulting every time they print more money because you're literally counterfeiting and devaluing that which you you know you supposedly owe, but you're going to pay back in less value. That is a crime, and counterfeiting used to be met with severe penalties throughout history, including death, and yet our country has arisen it to an art form. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. Well, printing of money, um, I guess uh, – as long as it's done by the government itself, then it's not considered counterfeit and counterfeiting. And if it somebody else, then it's considered a criminal offense. But when the government does it, it's not. And that I guess we can see this in many other different types of things. You know, police police action by the by the government um, committing heinous crimes, which have been done since um, Custer, and uh, you know, with the with various Indian tribes, and that's going on for like 150, 200 years. When we commit atrocities in the name of God and country, it's okay. But when we, when somebody else commits uh, some small little misdemeanor, then it becomes a, a major issue, and they should go to jail. So it's almost like the politicians are are the biggest forms of criminals that are out there, as far as I'm concerned. Well, that is the true criminal class. Look at all the people in prison. They're the wrong people. <laughs> the people in Congress are, should be in prison. Anyway, we've got a lot more healing to do. Dr. Batar is with me. Thank you so much, uh, everybody. And, and Dr. Batar, especially you for uh, flexing with me on this subject, because it, it's not something we can ignore. We'll, we'll talk about other areas and realms of healing as well today on the show. But honestly, we have to acknowledge there's waves of emotion and energy and also fear and trepidation running through the country. Now, what does this mean? What can we do to prepare? How do we change? That kind of thing. So we want to consider that. And of course, with Dr. Batar, we cover all kinds of healing. And it's great. So stay with us. The Robert Scott Bell Show kicks it into gear here on the Advanced Medicine Monday. We call the Medical Rewind with Dr. Batar. You know, in the old Soviet Union, they actually banned these things. They were called microwave ovens. And I'm wondering if there's some, like, Defense Department contract with GE to bring back the microwave oven, because there's a big story off of medical news today. You see that, Dr. Batar? They want to microwave your blood to get rid of malaria. What's that all about? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, Bottom line is that I haven't had a microwave in my house in eight years. The area where the microwave was plugged in, it was built in, it's been ripped out, and actually we put, I don't even know what, magazines and all sorts of junk in there. Yeah. Um, we we did have a microwave that was never plugged in in the house 
that we used as a bread box, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't even plugged in. And in my old office, as well as my new office, we have never allowed any microwaves inside the building. In fact, staff, they have a hot plate. We just got an oven put in in the break room for the nice. staff, but no microwaves. In fact, my entire staff knows about the the negatives of microwave. In fact, using electrodermal screening and some other esoteric-type testing, what we found is that patients that are coming to us with cancer, the greatest exposure that is leading to that ideology of cancer from an energetics perspective is microwave exposure. Fascinating, fascinating. Like I said, it, you know, it's as bad as the Soviet Union was on so many things, they actually were good on that one thing. I give them credit for banning microwave ovens, but yes, millions of Americans still don't know. We've had a you know microwave way back in the day, and it became a, a, a glorified timer. If we ever had it plugged in, it was just to time things because it would count down really well. But yeah, beyond that, it's horrific. I think a good use of it is, like you said, a bread box. But now they're talking about taking the blood out of people in Africa and, and equatorial regions where malaria is prevalent and microwaving the blood and they're they're pretending that oh because there's iron there's extra iron in uh, i guess this parasite uh, that, that somehow it's not going to get excite the iron in the in the hemoglobin the red blood cells what's what's that all about it's crazy yeah this sounds almost like the same theory behind chemo you know let's kill the huh. let's kill the cells that are causing the cancer but let's forget about the healthy cells that's that's actually a great, great uh, way of approaching the body. In fact, you know what? Why don't we just kill the patient right now and just be done with it? Get rid of malaria and every other disease right then and there. Exactly. Well, you and I both know many ways to address malaria and other infectious or even parasitic uh, diseases. And, and, you know, there's some things I can talk about. Certainly you. What have you seen? Well, I mean, the, the, the first thing that comes to mind, I mean, that kind of slaps me in the face is, you know, the use of ozone. Uh, autoimmunotherapy, where you take ozone, you take blood, you expose the blood to the ozone, and the ozone comes in. And as you know, ozone is O3. It's uh, highly destructive. But the interesting thing is the human body, um, actually any living organism that has healthy cells in it, the healthy cells have a a substance called catalase and another substance called peroxidase that it can actually uh, increase instantaneously, virtually instantaneously, when exposed to a high oxidative stress. And when you throw in ozone into this, into that equation, ozone is a very significant oxidative burst, which obviously we know oxidation, the oxidative reaction, that's the, uh, free, the, the, the reduction reaction in, in uh, chemistry yeah. is not a good thing because that's what leads to rust. That's, what, that's the rusting process. That's what happens to an apple when you slice it and it turns brown or a banana. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you ozonate the blood, what's beautiful is that think of this as a tunnel and the firemen that are in this tunnel, as this wall of fire comes through, the firemen would be, say, the uh, healthy cells and uh, the wall of fire is that ozone that's coming through. Well, the firemen have that fire-retardant blanket they can pull over their heads and as that wall of fire goes through, it protects the fire the, – the blanket protects them, but anybody that's not good, anybody, anything that wasn't good gets wiped out by that oxidative burst, that fire, that ozone blast that comes through. Yeah. So the things such as yeast and bacteria and viruses and spirochetes and mycoplasma and all these things, uh, mutated cell lines, cancer, etc., these cells don't have the ability to increase peroxidase and catalyst to protect themselves. So the healthy cells basically get left totally intact. And all these unhealthy cells get wiped out, and boom, you can see the blood instantaneously right before and after where it looks dark, um, maroonish, almost blackish. And then right after this ozone, um, within 
30 seconds, 45 seconds. It's beautiful red, bright red, the way you would expect blood to look. Mm. And that's because the blood's just been basically cleaned and all this you know, bad crap in there. Excuse yeah, my, I don't no, know. No, it's, it's accurate. It's all, accurate. Yeah. All, all the bad stuff is just basically uh, depleted. It's just uh, annihilated. It's, it's essentially just burned. Well, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Why do microwave thing when you can do ozone? And ozone has been used for the last 60 years or so. And the German literature abounds with the use of, of uh, ozone. And here's one thing that people don't know what ozone does, which is the reason that I use ozone. You know, Robert, the chemicals that we're exposed to. Chemicals. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's over 100,000 new chemicals being introduced into our society on an annual basis. Uh, not uh, all of them obviously see the light of day from a commercial use application, but they are many being introduced all the time. And the really bad ones, it took 50 to 60 years before we even determined that these really bad ones were causing problems. So what are the implications on the global uh, physiology that we're talking about from exposure to all these chemicals? Well, we refer to these chemicals as persistent organic pollutants, POPs. The reason we refer to them as persistent organic pollutants is because they can't get out of the body. They actually get into the system and then they persist within the system. And the liver, which is the oil filter of the human body, is incapable of actually taking these persistent organic pollutants and processing them out of the body. Well, what ozone does, it breaks those persistent organic pollutants into smaller components that now can go through phase one and phase two detoxification of the liver and actually be eliminated out of the body. That by itself is a a reason for the ozone to be used in every aspect of medicine as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely sensational. And so if people were coming to see you, Dr. Batar, in North Carolina, they have access to that kind of treatment in your facility? Oh, absolutely. We've been doing it for 10 years. In fact, that's one of the things the medical board tried to, you know, that was one of the they first things. They were coming after stop, that, which, yes. You know, but we, we've actually got that in, in the consent orders and everything. That I'm doing this. I told them up front and, you know, 100% right to use that in any capacity I see fit. Nice. You know, what's really, what's really interesting is the medical board tried to create an issue with hydrogen peroxide, which in Cha- uh, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, the School of Medicine, they're doing research with hydrogen peroxide right now. In fact, it came out a month after the medical board brought me up on the charges. The study was published uh, showing the use of hydrogen peroxide and how it sensitizes the uh, cancer cells to the effect of standard chemotherapy. Well, if it's, effect- if it's making the cancer cells more sensitive to, the- to treatment, then of course it's going to become more sensitive to natural things too. And they're yes. using hydrogen peroxide. The mechanism that they were using was hydrogen peroxide, which is exactly why we were using hydrogen peroxide, which is the reason we've used it before, which is another form of oxidative therapy. Exactly. Um, ozone is exactly the same type of thing. I mean, Baylor, a College of Medicine, and Mayo Clinic have been using uh, ozone on a, quote, research and experimental basis for the last, I don't know, six years, eight years, something like that. Mm-hmm. But this is stuff that's been out there in Germany that they've been using for 60 years. Well, now maybe with the defunding of the federal government and FDA, we'll finally be able to full-on innovate like you know America was known for in all the sciences, including the healing arts and sciences. And this is a good thing. I see that. Now, I remember finishing my basement when I used to live in Atlanta. Uh, I you know, did a lot of work on it, and then I laid a carpet down in there, and it was a new carpet. I couldn't stand it because all the new carpet smells. So we put an ozone machine down there, blasted it, shut down the entire thing. We left. 24 or 48 hours later, it was like it was an old carpet. All of that stuff was eaten up, just as you described it in the body. It, it happened in the atmosphere, air environment in that regard. So, again, more evidence why ozone is used. Absolutely. I mean, ozone is a phenomenal um, method of getting rid of uh, opportunistic pathogens like the bacteria, virus, mycoplasma, all these different things. And, you know, with, with malaria, it's, it's a mycoplasma type uh, organism. But 
you know, we talk about other things. I mean, you know better than I do the, mm-hmm. the benefits of homeopathy and yep. and things such as um, silver and you know colloidal silver and other types of uh, copper, minerals and copper as well. Yeah, in fact, you know the the man that made the leap breakthrough for silver hydrosol, Stephen Quinto. He and his wife, you know, basically emigrated to Vanuatu in the middle of the jungle, basically to restart their life in their seventies. They've had collectively, I think, malaria five to ten times since they've lived there, and they just use the silver. They have a local doctor injected into. The, I mean, it's an amazing thing, and they're just clipping along. Oh yeah, malaria again. We got over. I mean, so these things we have the tools. The nat- the natural order, of the universe is there. If we would, uh, you know, honor it and utilize the tools there instead of running from it and. In, in hopes that we can protect some kind of pharmaceutical complex which kills patients, of course, uh, you know, we can see the, the positive beneficial results for even people in their 70s. Yeah, it's, uh, it'll work for any age group. It's safe. Uh, many of these things are, are less toxic than um, an over-the-counter aspirin. In fact, yes. uh, in, compared volume to volume, they are way, way safe. I mean, it's, it's more dangerous to cross the street during, <laughs> you know, like midnight than it is to take some of these substances. So, uh, the, I mean, why would why would the FDA raid um, this place that you're talking about with you know organic cheese, uh, raw yeah. milk? I mean, what what what, what is a person going to do with it? They're going to get high on it. They're going to go around <laughs> yeah. and you know uh, abuse somebody with it. Is it threatening somebody? It's it's just absurd. I mean, you know, it's just I don't even know what to say about it. Sometimes you know, I mean, I, I try to stay in that state of positive, but sometimes sure. it's just. It's just so ridiculous. You almost want to say, you know what? We've gotten all this training to go out and fight these wars and supposedly protect our freedoms. The enemy is right here yes. on our home territory. It has nothing to do with overseas. It has nothing to do with, you know, Al Qaeda or anything. the enemy is right here. That they're the ones that's the bad. At least there, you know, you know what's going on here. Yeah. You don't even know who the enemy is. Well, the, you know, last week it was so funny. Uh, Vice President Biden likened Tea Party people to terrorists because it was like they're holding a gun to he- our head using terrorist tactics and saying, don't spend. You know, and I'm thinking, yes, that, that was Osama bin Laden's motivation. He didn't want America to spend. I mean, he's laughing at us from the other side going, you guys are numb. What are you doing? You're spending yourself into bankruptcy. Of course, Greenspan now acknowledges it. And we look at what happened to Rawson Foods out there in California. And we have to say the bureaucrats are a little bit nervous because the people are waking up and realizing they can utilize private contracts to bypass the, the licensing and inspection and all the, oh, we need your permission, government, please let us do this. It's like things that are our divine right by virtue of our birth. And I think that's what they're most afraid of is that the American people are once again waking up and recognizing where their authority comes from, where their rights really come from. And, and they should be scared. <laughs> yeah, rightfully so. But again, the fear is something that our founders also said, that the government should fear the people, not the other way around. And for Absolutely. too long, we've forgotten our way. So we're going to take a quick break here. We've got one more segment with Dr. Rashid Batar. He's a, a, a rock and roll kind of healing kind of guy. He just lets it loose with us every week here on Advanced Medicine Monday. I appreciate him so much. Remember to get his book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. We'll talk a little bit where you can get that as well. I've got all the links up at the blog at robertscottbell.com. 866-939-BELL is the number if you'd ever like to be part of the show. And we'll come right back with more powerful healing after this. Scott Bell Show. 
You know, it occurs to me as we consider the changes we're all living through right now, and, and we're participating and maybe partly creating or wholly creating in our own lives, the the movement from victim status, because a lot of people are frightened by this, even if even though they've been warned, a lot of people are just now waking up. You could have been telling them these things, Dr. Batar, you could have been telling them you need to eat differently, <laughs> and then years later they wake up when they have cancer, right? And and so many people wake up in fear, but you know the message we're all about is, a, is an empowering message, it's one of acknowledging maybe the mechanics of how things work, even the biomechanics and the nutrition, but then taking that information and literally changing our lives from within so that we can be better, not because we get lucky, but because we tap into immutable laws. Yeah, exactly, because the the, the whole aspect, I think, of life in general is of improvement. If we, The brain has this thing in, in it called the reticular activating system, the RASCON. And the reticular activating system control mechanism is a goal-seeking machine. It must have something that it strives for. Otherwise, and they've done studies on this, so if, if the mind is not occupied, then the, the person ends up actually dying. This is one reason that men, when they retire, the average age of people that retire and then actually don't do anything after retirement, in other words, they don't work, they end up dying very soon as opposed to other people that have a hobby and they start working in the garden or doing whatever else they're doing or volunteer work. So this reticular activating system control mechanism is very important in order to be healthy. And so we're talking about empowerment. When you have a goal, you are empowered to strive for it. And you know whether we're talking about this aspect from the financial um, component that we just discussed in the beginning, are we talking about somebody who's striving to improve their health? Regardless, it's a goal that the reticular activating system is now being able to um, zero in on. And the individual now, as they continue striving for whatever that goal is, whether it's better health, better finances, whatever it is, it's actually empowering. And it's that empowerment in itself is it's more than just a component that's necessary for health. It's a component that's necessary in order to thrive. Right, right. Well, yeah, and, and having a goal moving forward, sometimes people feel like, well, they had a, a goal moving forward, and then it like it was taken away, right? If it was an economic crash, or, or for instance, I remember Dr. Batari, you know, I always knew when I was little I would grow up to be a doctor. Now, the only model for doctoring was allopathic medicine. My uncle was a doctor, et cetera. I grew up pharmaceutically. And there was a point when I hit, uh, you know, my teen years and then I went to college to study and I realized the doctors didn't know all the things I thought they knew. It was much worse. They are actually downright stupid about what my illness is. And they admitted it. And I thought, that's not, I don't want to do that. And it was harmful, all the things they did to me. So it, it kind of dashed my dreams. Now I could have given up and become despondent. I was a little bit mystified by, oh, well, what do I do now? So I did other things. Turned out I ended up being one, but in a homeopathic sense, something I'd never, ever heard of. And I think the opportunity to reset, if you will, now allows for these dreams to take place in a different way. Maybe we had a construct in our minds, but maybe it was placed there by somebody else. Maybe now is the time we can reset our viewpoint of the future, and it would be much more powerful and positive. You know, Robert, this is very interesting that you bring it up uh, the way you just did, because if you look at some of the things that have been out there now in the last uh, five, ten years, from Nostradamus to um, Edgar Cayce to some of these predictions of what's going to happen and some of the um, very negative naysayers that are saying that the world's going to end in 2012 with the Mayan calendar, the Egyptian calendar, the uh, Peruvian calendar, this calendar, that calendar, etc., etc. You know, one of the recurring themes in each one of these messages, especially in Nostradamus and with Edgar Cayce, and in many of those things are happening now, extremes in weather, you know, political deceival, uh, things that uh, we never would have thought 10, 20 years ago would have ever 
would be ever possible, even just like in our own country, just happening all the time. Um, it's all taken for granted now. All these things that are being uh, that are occurring. If you look at Nostradamus and Casey, one of the things that they said that there will still be an opportunity for change that will allow mankind to then determine what their own future will be. And I, I just happened to – that's a kind of a hobby of mine to kind of look at uh, what Nostradamus had said and Edgar Casey. Edgar Casey to sure, me was just an amazing individual. Yeah, absolutely fascinating, the predictions and things like that. And, of course, the, the, you know, the question of always comes up, do we have the freedom to make choices about these or is it all determined? And if that's the case, what's the point? You know, and I, I don't. I don't believe it is determined. I believe that we have that choice. I think that maybe, maybe as each step goes forward from that step, then there's it's a combination of predetermination and not not predetermination, meaning that everything is mapped out there. But each step that you take will then a, a new cascade of uh, possibilities, uh, infinite possibilities opens up. And I think that based upon uh, at least with uh, Nostradamus and Edgar Casey and some of these other. Uh, historical figures that have made certain types of predictions, the recurring theme was always, as you stated with your own life, that, you know, maybe somebody else put something there and now things aren't working out the way we thought they were going to, but they, mm -hmm. there's actually a better reason for them. For any type of healing event to take place, there's first a Herxheimer's response, which is a detoxification flare-up that you see. And this could be very well, what we're seeing right now in society, is that Herxheimer's response that's going on. You have to first get rid of the bad before the good can set in. And just like if you're, you know, you're sick, you, you get ill, you get the stomach virus, well, then you have that really bad period of emesis of, of vomiting and of diarrhea, which is a body herxing, you know, the Herxheimer's reaction, getting rid of it, the detoxification reaction, and then everything comes in, the new comes in. You see that with a storm, you know, right? You have the sky that's gray and the grass that's um, dying and brown, and then uh, you have a, a rainstorm, and then you have beautiful grass that's nice and green, and you have the sky nice and blue, but what happened between that sky being uh, gray and, and hazy looking to blue sky or the grass looking brown and dying to the beautiful green grass. It's that storm that came in between. It's that storm of thunder and lightning and rain. But that's the Herxheimer's response. I think that's yeah. what we're going through as a society as well. And to embrace it and mm -hmm. understand it and to accept it and to thrive with it and understand that change is good. This is good. I personally believe this is the most exciting time in history to be alive. Yeah, it is. We're here for a reason. And yes, it can change, can be fearful. But if you have, a, a, I said, a grounding in the belief, I guess, that at the expectation, you know, you get what you expect. Of course, if you expect the worst, of course, you're you're right, right? You expect the best, you're also right. That's what the freedom I, I find that we've been given. And yes, sometimes it's, uh, uh, you know, pretty daunting when you see the, particularly when you talk about violence, physical violence, whether it be in warfare, whether it be in crime locally, Hungry people, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I mean, if you start pulling the plug on people's ability to get food, things can get pretty animalistic in a negative context. And how do we get through something like that? That's why I say the need to get back to local, to, to really shore up the things and, re and really prepare. And this is not – it's kind of like, to me, looking and talking with a parent about dying. You don't want to ever want to talk to your parents about dying. I lost one of my parents already. I know I didn't want to ever talk about it, and now one of them has gone. And are we willing to take tackle these tough issues? We don't want to talk about a societal collapse, but it also is an opportunity for reset and genuine value restoration where we're actually able to help one another without interference by government. As new skin is formed, that old skin has to first be sloughed off. You know, you right. see this in the gastrointestinal lining, you see it in the nasal mucosa, you see it 
on the surface of your own, you know, hands when you, I mean, the skin is constantly sloughing off. That's the old dead skin going off and the new one is growing underneath it and coming out. So that's exactly what you're talking about, that, uh, that ability to embrace the, the new and uh, allow for what we may initially perceive as bad. Yes. Um, that it's not bad. It's part and parcel of life. It, it's, it's a cycle of life. Growth and, and, and death is part of that life. And so this is a where, where you may be seeing a death of a of a the old ways way now. Yeah, yeah, the old ways dying out, right? Right, but it gives away new ways. Mm-hmm. You know, where where the government won't be raiding uh, a health food store or uh, doctors that are trying to help people get better aren't going to be ostracized just because it's not feeding into the <laughs> pharmaceutical model of you know revenue stream or, or amen. It's a, it's a yeah, amen it's on a, that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I say amen on that, man. I love hearing that. Because this is what you can't get the you can't get the new without getting rid of the old, and mm-hmm. not everything that was old was necessarily good, and so that's the reason it's not being sustained. I personally believe in Darwin's theory of evolution, the survival of the fittest. That you know, when there's certain concepts and, and um, presuppositions that aren't sound and that aren't valid, nature won't tolerate them for very long, and they by themselves will slowly extinguish and. and and be eliminated. And I think maybe that's what's happening in our society right now because people just know that the way things are right now, it's not the right way. And so in time, there will be much better ways. And, and I'm confident in our um, in, in our human species that, well, I, I, I say that slightly <laughs> hesitant, but yes. I'm confident that we will find the right answer. And if we don't, then whatever happens to us, uh, we, we deserved it because – we yeah. didn't rise to the challenge and, and take in the new. You know, if we become extinct like dinosaurs, then so be it. Yeah, I like I the like species. They'll remember us, and they'll be having our fossils in their museums. Well, they'll certainly talk about the time where we where we uh, just decided to print our way to prosperity, and it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, the the funny thing, I, and I really like the positive perspective you had on that because look, we could say, "Oh my gosh, the economic disaster," and we can go, "Yeah, yay, the economic disaster. The FDA won't have the money to raid raw food places and health." food stores and won't be able to raid doctors who are trying to heal people that's very positive in fact that's very uplifting and happy yeah and and it's it's part the old way is the way that that was happening it was always given the fda will always dictate and you know anybody that steps out of the box will be beaten down and brought back into the box but you know what part of that new paradigm as with everything you know part of the new paradigm is there's there's these great things that people have been trying and striving for that have not been accepted but they're now becoming accepted. They're almost becoming norm. I mean, look at the number of dollars being spent in the health and wellness industry now. And I'm talking about the health and wellness industry. I'm talking about natural health. Yes. Um, and alternative, what they call alternative means, visits to chiropractors and various visits to homeopathic physicians and visits to uh, acupuncturists. It's becoming all the more acceptable and the norm and more and more dollars are being spent there, which, you know, when you talk about acupuncture, that is – it's so funny to me because mm. they call it alternative medicine, although it's been around for 50, you know, uh, 50 times longer or yes, more than that, 5,000 years. So what is yeah. that? I, I don't know how many. That's a lot, more- a lot longer. You know, it's the yeah. alternative. Isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> and something that's only been around for maybe 10 years, you know, that's the standard of care. 
Yeah, exactly. That happened so fast. They have the time machine. They didn't reveal it to us. But yeah, I'm feeling happier already. I love this. I love the perspective, Dr. Batar. It's lighter. It's happier. The FDA doesn't have the funds to attack Americans. Hooray. Good things are happening. Yeah, this is good, 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 great news. In fact, and there's some very interesting stories I think we'll cover uh, after this break, Dr. Batar. One, it's just uh, a fascinating one. You know, the Gates Foundation, you've seen how much money he's got. He could buy a few planets at this point, but he decides to invest his money, if you can call it investment, into you know promotion of vaccines and promotion of drugs, and it's like we've talked about why could why couldn't he just you know in, enhance sanitation and, and hygiene and nutrition and watch disease you know go away like in places like Africa, but now they're talking about reinitializing microwave ovens. You know those old dinosaurs that most people I say most people are now aware are not good to use. When we come back from this break, I'm going to talk with Doctor Batar about a new technique that they say will eradicate malaria. What are they going to do to your blood? You will not believe it. When we come back we'll get we'll get to it stay with us giving the pharmaceutical industry cardiac arrest clear it's the robert scott bell show rock in the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. As Dr. Batar has been a real champion for health freedom, healing on all levels, and especially, I should say, the, raising the awareness on the danger of vaccines and protecting children uh, from now and into the future. We should cover this story before we wrap up today, Dr. Batar. A stunning admission. We now find that Merck is defending its vaccines. No, they're not saying that mercury is great, even though they'd like to believe that. But no, they're actually saying that, well, we, we did uh, admit that we found charred bits of uh, cellophane plastic in our vaccines. But but there's nothing to worry about. We can inject them into your children. They are found, finding this in Gardasil. They found it in Verifax, Verifax for chickenpox, pneumo, pneumovax for pneumococcal disease, Zostavax for shingles, and the MMR. Oh, no problem. Plastic in, in the vaccines. It wasn't enough to have mercury, Dr. Batar. You know, I'm just sitting here going, this is just, uh, it, it's so <laughs> preposterous that, honestly, this is kind of like seeing those motorcycle riders that are pulling wheelies on the interstate. And when, I think when, you and I talked about this before, Robert, when they're doing it without a helmet. Yeah. Say, oh, my God. I'm like, you know what? Let them, just let them do it because they'll eliminate themselves from the genetic pool. Anybody who still believes that the pharmaceutical companies actually do care and have a desire to help people. Just this this last study, this last uh, piece that's that you just now uh, presented. Uh, yes. Honey, I shrink up the kids. Merck declares no health risk. Research shows otherwise. <laughs> if anybody believes this, you know what? They should just go and have all the vaccines. In fact, they can have my share. Of the, I'll even I'll ship them to them. They can have my share of the vaccines. My family share of the vaccines. Because as far as I'm concerned, if anybody still believes this garbage, mm-hmm. they really have lost their gourd. And they they don't deserve to be within the genetic pool anymore. I, I know that sounds really it's, bad. It's bad. Doctor, it's embarrassing. But I'll tell you what, there's got to be a height at a certain point where you just say enough stupidity is just simply enough. No, I know. How did you make it up to the human level at that point? If you can claim that injecting these children with it this way, bad enough with foreign animal proteins, RNA, DNA. Uh, we talked about the mercury and the aluminum, the uh, antibiotics present in there, the polysorbate 80 and such. And, you know, interestingly enough, I'm looking at this list. I remember the Pneumovax uh, for pneumococcal disease. I think this was a more recent edition, and they, they were wanting to market it against e- childhood ear infections. And it was just about the time they were about to get approved 
approval that they started FDA out of the blue. Oh, we don't know why. They started attacking all the ear candle companies. Mm. Interesting. Similar to the way that after the rest or as the restless leg syndrome became a new disease where they had a prescription drug for RLS. Guess mm-hmm. what? They went after homeopathic companies who sold leg cramp formulas for the last 100 years. Could mm-hmm. it be that the FDA is protecting the pharmaceutical marketplace for the drugs and vaccines? Is it possible? Uh, you know, I think it's uh, a lot more than just protecting. If uh, you look at the information that I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was Burton Goldberg put it out in one of the, I think it was the Definitive Guide to Alternative Medicine, where they looked at, analyzed the number of people that worked with the FDA or worked for the FDA and either had a prominent position prior to coming to the FDA with a major pharmaceutical company or had a position once they left the FDA with a major pharmaceutical company. And it was virtually like over 98% incestuous yeah. where there was an overlap. So I think that to say that they're protecting is probably an understatement. They probably are have a secret mandate or something to make sure that the stock value of these drugs continues to go up hmm. um, because there's no other explanation the way that they're set up and the way that they handle business. I mean, you know, a doctor is persecuted for, you know, whatever, uh, hydrogen peroxide, and yet they've got 55,000 deaths from Vioxx alone. I mean, just watch TV between um, my family normally goes to bed by 11. Okay. I'm, I'm usually working on the computer till three, four in the morning. I'm usually, however they left the living room is how it is because I'm oblivious to everything else. Well, yeah. sometimes the TV's on and I'll look up, I'll, I'll, I'll notice, I'll hear something in the background about medicine. I'll look up and nine out of 10 times, Robert, it is an ad by an, a law firm for mesothelioma cancer, for uh, Adipax, for Fenfen, for, you know, were you on, uh, well, Buterin or Prozac? You know, the, these drugs have been shown to have this type of side effect. You may be entitled to damages. I mean, every freaking drug you can imagine, they are, it's commercial after commercial after commercial by attorney f- uh, firms that are looking for people that have been injured by various pharmaceutical companies. And this is what the FDA is supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be protecting us against this type of fallout. So if they're not doing that, then what the hell are they doing? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot they're raiding health food stores. That's right. Yes, of course. Protecting the public from, from healthy food. That is, yeah. that is their mandate, clearly. And it, it is really an astonishing thing. This is the kind of thing, if we come full circle, Dr. Bittar, we recognize that those absurdities cannot last. It's kind of like you know, you know, know, uh, trying to survive on junk food and expecting to be healthy. We cannot subsist on government at this level. Government that is not of the people, by the people, and for the people, but of Big Pharma, for Big Pharma, etc. And this is the point where it becomes patently obvious. And you know, there was a part of the so-called bioterror legislation under the Bush years, and Obama hasn't gotten any better where if emergency is declared you had no ability lawful ability to even contact a law firm should you be harmed or a family member killed by any drug or vaccine because they say well it's approved by the fda therefore there is no liability on the part of the drug industry or the drug manufacturer and at that point of course oh well we go back to greenspan they'll just print some more federal reserve notes pay off of course the money that you're paid off with will not buy you a loaf of bread never mind we'll pay you the money it's just absurd. Maybe maybe it'll be enough to uh, use to as toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if that becomes scarce, they'll have plenty of Federal Reserve notes. They can carpet the entire planet with them. 
So at this point, we've, we've got to get back to healing. And again, the positive note here with you, Dr. Pitar, is that yes, indeed, these are wonderful opportunities. It is very much an exciting time to be alive. Yes, we acknowledge people are, you know, have some level of fear and trepidation for that which they don't know. But it is a, is a really a wonderful opportunity to restore integrity in our lives to bring back more of the things that I think are truly important as opposed to the things that we only perceive were important. And many of the times, Robert, when we think things are important, when we perceive them to be important, as an afterthought later on, we come to realize that those things that we used to think were important really were not important at all. It's kind of like when you're in high school, you think those exams are so important, then you get to college and you realize, you know, those exams were important. College was more important. And then when you get to grad school, you realize, you know what, those things in college, that wasn't important. This is important, but when you get down to real life, then you realize what's really important. And and life is like that. We tend to find out that things later on that we experience, what we thought was important before, it wasn't as important right. as it is. And you know what I think is very important? That everyone, if you have not already done so, get a copy of The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away by Dr. Rasha Bittar. Keep listening to The Robert Scott Bell Show. Tell all your friends, your family members, your loved ones. They need to know this message because we're helping you make that bridge to that positive, empowering future in which we are living right now. Dr. Batar, thank you so much for helping me ramp up this message for help, freedom, and liberty. Robert, thank you for asking me to do so. And it is true, as always, that the power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott Bell Show.